You're listening to The Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. All right. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Better Man Podcast. My name's Adam Tarno, joined by Chris Harper. So Chris, um, years ago, there was, a, there was a message that I used to give sometimes called Seeing God as a Perfect Father. Uh, this feels like the right time to confess that I totally ripped it off from Louis Giglio, Come on. a title of the same message that he <laughs> delivered in the 90s, and uh, that I just, it stuck with me. And what he basically was doing was quoting A.W. Tozier as the foundation of, of moving into Let's Think About God, and it was that quote, the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God. And so then he went through and just said, what are some different things that may come into your mind, right? You may think about God as Santa Claus, or you may think about him as a grandpa, or you may think about him like the Force from Star Wars. Uh, you may think about him like a scorekeeper, like a, like a traffic cop, you know, just kind of directing you when you're lost. And as I shared my version of that message with audiences over the years, I added in one uh, called the Chipotle God, because I saw this in my own life, right? I love going to Chipotle because I get to make my burrito bowl exactly with the ingredients that I want, right? I don't need your ingredients, and I don't need the menu board's ingredients. I want to put in there what I want. So if I don't want those nasty-looking fajita vegetables, I'm not putting them in there, right? right. And it, every day's different, because some days those vegetables are great. Other days you walk in there, and they look like they've been there for a week and a half, right? <laughs> I digress. But uh, anyway, so this Chipotle God is, is this idea that sometimes when it, we think about God, we just think about him in these attributes that we want. Right, I want him to be gracious. I want him to be powerful. I want him to have mercy. Uh, I don't want him to be judgmental. I want him to be very loving. And you end up with something that really isn't the image of God, right? It's a reflection of you, just like my burrito bowl is a reflection of me. Um, and so we're going to talk about that today because there is this tendency in all of us sometimes, I think, to make God into our image. And Scripture has something to say about that. Oh, absolutely. And it's 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 dangerous. You know, we'll. We'll elevate those things that we love about God, and then we'll downplay those things that maybe make us uncomfortable about God. And and I believe that's the basis, really, for the second command, when God tells us not to make um, images and, and things of His likeness, right? Because because naturally, as humans, what we want to do is is we want to make Him look like us and be like us, and and we forget that He's the Creator and we're the creature. You know, and we still see this today, man. I still, I still walk into churches where there's a picture of a white, blonde-haired Jesus on the wall, and I'm just like, first of all, Jesus was Middle Eastern, right? He 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 doesn't look like 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 me, like Chris Harper. You know, scriptures even say that early in his life he had to go to Egypt to hide, mm. right? I don't know of any white people that go hide in Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> white people go hide in Wisconsin. <laughs> like like that's where that's where I would go hide. Yeah. Right. Like you'd fit in great in I Wisconsin. Would. I would. <laughs> I would. <laughs> but but because we project these even physical attributes yeah. onto our Savior and onto onto our Creator, um, we distort him. It's like it's like making God into a caricature. Yeah. Of us, and that's man, that's a problem. Yeah, if I think about my own life and why there was this tendency for me to do this, I mean, I I think it started with like the last episode we recorded with bad theology, right? That my view was this: is that uh, for years people would share the gospel with me, and it was it was shared with me in a way of like, hey, God really wants to be in your life, Adam. He's he really wants to be in your life, so. I felt like I did God a favor. Okay, God, I'll let you into my life. First couple of months, he moves in, so to speak. It's going great. I start 
past, you know, this was in college for me. I start doing better in school. My relationships are improving. I'm waking up. Um, all my life is changing. I'm like, God, I should have let you in earlier, right? Then I start reading God's Word, and I start to see things where it's like, uh, he starts messing around a little with the house. He starts, to use C.S. Lewis's analogy here, now he starts, he starts knocking down walls. And I'm like, I don't like that. You know, and there's a temptation to go, well, I'd, you, 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 I'm going to kick you out, right? Or uh, let's not, I, I want to keep this part of my life. I know some of that was my temptation. It just felt uncomfortable when there were some scripture that I would run across that were going different or ran contrary to, to my wishes and my desires. Absolutely. And we all wrestle with that, right? We want God to conform to our will when in actuality we should be conforming to his will. You know, the Apostle Paul, when he talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, the Greek word there for transform actually means restoration, right? So it's a restorative process. It's, it's, it's renovation. You know, I just had my hall bathroom renovated, and um, when I say I did it, I mean, I hired people to yes. do it because <laughs> I can't do it. And, and the first thing they did when they got there was rip out all the old so that the new could go in, right? And, and they swung a big hammer. I tell people all the time, like, like God is ripping out the old because he wants to put in new, and the hammer he swings is his word. Like the, the renovating tool that God uses in our life is, is his word. The question is, do you have enough courage to follow it? That's right. And that, again, episodes that we've recorded recently to go back and listen to on courage, uh, courage is not the absence of fear, it's moving forward despite it. And sometimes uh, we're reading God's word, and there's something that you, we feel that hammer, Right? Absolutely. Uh, and you may, it may be a little, there may be some fear. I'm like, I don't know if I want to engage in that conversation. I don't know if I want to give up that habit. I don't know if I want to change that aspect of my life. And we, we choose not to, and then we end up with a God that's just kind of in our image. Yeah. And, if you, and, and if you're not experiencing that reading the Bible, then I don't know what Bible you're reading, right? Uh, even Martin Luther, Martin Luther used to say, um, I'm reading God's word and you want me to love God. He said, sometimes I hate God. After reading this word and, and coming under heavy conviction and, and seeing how our ways and our thoughts do not line up with his and, and even knowing, man, there is a great restorative res- restoration work that has to go on within me and it's so painful. Like ripping away those old habits and ripping away those old desires, ripping away those idols in your life, man, that is not a pleasant process, which is why we'll just avoid it. We'll come across something in God's Word, or we'll read something in God's Word where we know it to be true because it's God's Word. Um, we know we should probably apply it and adopt that truth, but because it's so painful, we'll downplay it. We'll ignore it. We'll move on and read something that we want to hear. Yeah. So I know for me, I mean, I can very specifically remember having a conversation with the guy that was discipling me in college, John Reeves, and going okay, so God wants to change some things in my life. Like, I don't, where was that on the bill of goods, right? Like that was not, that wasn't in the commercial. Um, And and it was great. He was so kind, you know, to to work with a new believer and to talk through this. All right, let's talk through that. You know, and he had that smile of of just wisdom on his face as as he was going through that, just the way like a a father would with a a young boy of just going, come on, it's going to be okay. We can do this. And looking back on it now, you know, over 20 years later, I probably say that that narrative shift in my mind of realizing I didn't invite God into my story. Uh, he invited me into his. Right. And so now it's not, God, how are you going to conform to me? It's now, 
okay, what, what do I, how do you want me to serve you? Which was that foundation, or at least that, that mental shift had to happen where I understood the role obedience and having that courage to obey God's word, even when it was uncomfortable, where that started to change mm-hmm. in my life. Man, you have a similar story? Man, that's so good. Um, I do, you know, I had this kind of predisposed uh, view of, of who God was, right? I grew up in a culture where God was love. And if you didn't see him just as love, then you didn't really understand God. And it wasn't until later that um, I received some biblical training, some discipleship, some theological training that I discovered you know, a piece of God's love and a piece of God's mercy and kindness that he shows um, is not divorced from his justice. You know, it's not divorced from his wrath. It's not divorced from the fact that um, he can't let sin go unpunished because if he does, he's not good, right? And then how that all rectifies, not just in my life, but in this kind of meta narrative of what's happening as he calls his people and redeems the world. So it, this whole other side of God was exposed to me. And and here's here's the amazing thing about that. When I started learning more and more about God's justice, about his wrath, about his anger, I began to understand his love even more. Mm, which is so counterintuitive, right? Bro, it was so good, yes. Yeah, yeah like, like I began to understand... Um, when I began to understand the depth of my sin, I really began to understand the depth of the grace he offered me, right? What did Jesus tell the Pharisee? You know, he who has been forgiven much is loved much because they know the depths that God's pulled them from. And it's amazing, you know, how he's orchestrated that for it to go hand in hand. If we only major in one characteristic or attribute of God and miss the others, then we really miss that attribute. Yeah. Like we don't fully understand it. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe maybe more so than any other time in history, uh, you can find a group of professed followers of Jesus that will agree with whatever likeness of God you want to come up with in your mind Absolutely. nowadays, right? Like, cause, cause, because the church has been split so many times, or there's so many different uh, subcultures that are out there, uh, it can become it can become a little bit dangerous sometimes. And so, what? Uh, dangerous in the sense that we could miss God, right, in Absolutely. the midst of all of this and, and miss who he truly is. So what are some things that you're doing and what are you seeing other men do right now to try to avoid this this Chipotle God, right? Like, I'm just making God into my image, because I, I, I don't think that's what we all want to do, but it's just kind of sometimes where we drift into. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to say something right now that people aren't going to like. Okay. Okay, but I'm going to say it because I kind of like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so God is not a Republican. Mm. Okay. And the emails are Chris <laughs> right. Harper. No. And let me say that God is not a registered Democrat either. God is independent. Um, he is the creator of the world. Um, he is the one that establishes kingdoms and kings and thrones, and he oversees it all. So one of the things I see godly men doing is, is not conforming God to their values, not conforming God um, to their beliefs, especially when those beliefs don't ultimately reflect um, anything that is of eternal consequence, right? And, and I see godly men, men doing that. You know, we... Um, we have to be careful with with what we associate God to and what we associate God with. 
and and unfortunately, culture, right? The opposite is true. Um, the LGBTQT plus culture will tell you that that most of them tell you they believe in God and that God's a God of love and God wants them to be happy and and this is what makes them happy. So they're just fulfilling their purpose in God, right? And that is such a twisted and a well, it's a lie straight from hell, uh, a deception from the from the devil. Right. So so it happens on both sides. Right. God. God does not endorse homosexual marriage. And I'm not sure he endorses the NRA either. Right. So just let me say that. Right. So we have to be careful, like like what um, affiliations and what memberships we want to keep ascribing to God and and to to know what we should and should not ascribe ascribe to God. We have to know the word of God. His word will tell us exactly who he is. Not who Adam wants him to be, not who Chris Harper thinks he should be, but his word will tell us who he is, right? And then beyond his word, which is what we call special revelation, man, he's also given us natural revelation so that we can look at the world and know he's wonderful and know he's, he's good. I love, um, I love in Genesis, it says, on the seventh day, God rested, okay? Now, people hear that and they think, well, God took a break. So we should take a break. But that's not what that means at all. Um, as a matter of fact, the Hebrew word for rest is where we get our English legal word for the defense rest or the prosecution rest. And what that means is all the evidence has been, been, has been, been put before you. It's time for you to make a decision. <laughs> and, and, and that's exactly what God did. For six days, he created us in the world. And he says, listen, it is good, and I am good, and I am great. The evidence is before you. I rest. The defense rests. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for you to make a decision. You deliberate right? and That's make right. a decision. That's I right. Like do that. That's do you good. believe this or not? Yeah. And, and, and man, his, his word is going to tell us who he is. Yeah, yeah, which is, uh, again, such a temptation nowadays. It's, it's never been easier to get off track because of things that we mentioned in the last episode, the soundbite culture that we live in. It is so easy to uh, read headlines, listen to sound bites, catch little snippets, um, even even things like like music. I remember doing college ministry a few years ago, and how many how many students were quoting uh, s- lyrics from songs more than as having an impact on their life more than they were quoting God's word, right? And I, and I'm not picking on that. That's great. It's like, but it's so easy to go to go find something else besides God's word. To be able to read and 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 uh, become that measuring stick for your life yeah, yeah. Uh, with and, all this, and, and a song really appeals to our emotional side, right? And um, you know, a, a pet peeve of mine. I I hate it when worship leaders start the service with, you know, "Good morning, how you guys feeling?" Right? Because the reality is, like, I don't even feel like being here. Like, it's been a terrible morning. I feel like slapping one of my kids because they won't listen this morning. Like, like I have a lot of bad feelings right now, right? Don't don't ask me how I'm feeling. Tell me what I should know. Like, I need some verity in my life. I need something to cling to because my span of control is getting out of control, right? And 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 sometimes I think songs and and things of that nature because they appeal to the emotions, we latch onto those things. Those 1-minute sound bites or those those clips that are professionally done, like like it it speaks to our feeling side, so it's easy to gravitate to that. But but the reality is there's a verity side out there, like there is a truth side that no matter how you're feeling 
and and again, I want to be careful with this, but but the reality is it doesn't necessarily matter how you feel. This is true. So the question is, what are you going to do with that truth in spite of your emotions, in spite of your feelings? What are you going to do with that truth? I like that. So so it's a temptation in all of us just to conform God into some other image besides who he is. And so the things that we can do is, is um, I, I like what we said last time, reading and studying uh, God's word. And and even just that that little bullet prayer, if you will, of, all right, Lord, help me get to know you uh, as you are, as I spend some time reading and studying about you right now. I mean, just even some of that humility that puts our heart in the right posture to just recognize, I'm in your story, right? And I want, I want to know you for all of who you are. I appreciate that I get to be a mm, small part so in your big story, yeah. and so help me avoid, just go eat at Chipotle, right? But I don't, <laughs> don't turn them into a Chipotle god. And That's Chipotle's right. not sponsoring this one, but if they want to, yeah. you know, they can... They yeah. can they can send us some gift cards. Absolutely, man. <laughs> and and Adam, that's so good. It, it's a great prayer. God, help me help me know you. Help me better understand you. And then the inverse is, God, help me better know myself, so so I can relate to you better. So so I can know my need of you. You know, um, one of the things I love about the Apostle Paul's life, um, and I love this so much. So so Paul is saved. And then he looks around, and, and scriptures tell us, he says, you know what, I'm, um, I'm the least of the apostles. Fast forward a few years, he, he grows in wisdom, grows in maturity, grows in godliness, and he looks around, he says, I was wrong. I'm actually the least of the disciples. Fast forward five years, he grows in wisdom, grows in stature in favor of God and man, and he looks around and he says, actually, I was wrong. I'm the chief of all sinners. <laughs> And then he gets to his deathbed. He's never more close to God, never more holy, never more prominent. And he tells Luke to bring John Mark because my life is being poured out like a drink offering. If you know anything about temple sacrifices, the drink offering was reserved for the lowest of the low, the poorest of the poor. What I love about Paul's life is the closer he got to God, the more he realized his need for God. It's it's inexhaustible, right? And And I just hope that's our posture, you know. Read the Word, study the Word, get to know God. As you learn more about God, you're going to learn more about yourself, and it only goes deeper and deeper and deeper, and that's how we grow as theologians. I love it. That's so good. Chris, as always, uh, thanks for your time today. Man, I appreciate you, Adam. See you soon. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Better Man Podcast. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or if you just want to learn more about the Better Man experience, head on over there to betterman.com. This episode, like every episode of the Better Man Podcast, was produced and edited by the team over there at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.